Hi, and welcome to Bake Sale, the show featuring conversations with crowdfunding creators about their crowd kid-friendly crowdfunding projects. I'm talking today with Danny Weinkoff, who's played bass with They Might Be Giants for at least a decade now, and is now kickstarting a an entire kids' music album of his own. That's right. Um, he is kickstarting a, um, a new album with 16 songs and videos, and I am very much looking forward to hearing No School Today, the title of his uh, forthcoming album, and with talking with Danny, Weis Danny Weinkoff. Danny, thank you for joining me. How are you this morning? I, I'm terrific. Thank you for having me. Sure. Um, and just to clarify, yeah, it's been over a decade and a half that I've been playing with They Might Be over Giant. Over 15 years. Yeah. So that is, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I'm a longtime fan of They Might Be Giants, even uh, preceding uh, the time when you joined them. But Me too. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what you've done with them, especially in regards to kids' music. But before we... Talk about that. I just wanted to get uh, one of the questions I commonly ask people that that I interview is to ask them to talk about their earliest musical memories, the memories uh, they have of music, either making music or listening to music when they grew up. Oh, okay, that's an interesting question. Actually, uh, uh, the TMG, TMB Wiki, they might be giants, has a, a wiki page that is uh, organized by some of the fans, and and they recently did a three-part interview with me, and, and uh, there was a similar question about, you know, what was my favorite children's music growing up? Um, and my answer to the question is that I actually don't remember listening to children's music as a kid. Uh, my house was not a very musical household. Um, nobody in the house played an instrument or sang. Um, we did have a, an old, like a Victrola, I guess it might have been called. It was an old record player. Mm -hmm. And my parents, the thing that I do remember uh, that was inspiring was my parents had a copy of uh, The Supreme's Greatest Hits. Um, and I think it was a double record set. And occasionally on Sundays, they would play that album over and over and over. <laughs> and uh, I loved those songs. I really did. And... Uh, it, you know, what was, is interesting to me when I think back on it now is that the bass player on those records is a man named, uh, James Jamerson, mm -hmm. um, who played on most of the Motown stuff of that time period, you know, not just the Supremes, but Stevie Wonder and the Temptations and Smokey Robinson and you name it. Um, he's my favorite bass player ever. And pr maybe the first bass player that I really was exposed to. Um, so it's funny that it, you know, I, I, my love for his playing never left. <laughs> did, did he do the baseline for my girl? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. So <laughs> he did, he's done so many bass. If you, it, there was a point where, I mean, classic rock is changing now as, as the times go on now, you know, classic rock stations or classic, uh, yeah, I guess classic rock it would be. They're playing Led Zeppelin and Bad Company and things. But when I was growing up, classic stations played music, uh, you know, music from the early 60s, not not the 70s yet. Yeah. And you could listen to one of those stations and pretty much 
three out of four songs, James Jameson would be the bass player. Um, he's played on hundreds of songs that you you have heard over and over that are just fantastic hits. And that's part of why I love his playing so much is that he's not just a player for like a muso, for a musician's sake. He's a, He played on songs that people generally love um, and played the, the right part and made and, you know, enhanced the tune. And it wasn't just about like, let me show off how great a bass player I am. It really worked so well for the music and, and uh and it was also popular, and I think that that combination is, is a great, you know, it's a great thing to achieve. Uh, you know, Paul McCartney's another bass player like that. that right, right. It's one of my favorites. Oh, you know? well, you know, and, you know, I was the first thing you sort of, you mentioned Motown. I mean, that was My Girl, the bass line, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the intro bass line was like the first thing I thought of. I mean, that's just sort yeah. of yeah. a classic um, walking bass i don't know that's that is a non-bass description of what that line is so you feel free yeah. to correct me well, you know not to keep harping on him but you know i do love his playing so much you can listen to just the bass parts to many of those songs like uh what's going on by marvin gay or something the bass part itself is like a beautifully composed piece of music uh mm-hmm. he really was genius he you know he he had like this magical touch with the instrument um, so anyway, getting back to your original question. See, I, I told you I go on tangents. Um, getting back to your original question, th- that that record, the, the Supreme songs, were probably my fondest memory of of music as a kid. And then, as I got a little older, my first real de- decision that I liked music and I wanted to have music for myself was definitely the Beatles. Uh, I think that my mom worked at uh, Sam Goody, which was a record mm-hmm. store. There are not many record stores left, but <laughs> back in the day when there were record stores, my mom worked in one called Sam Goody, which was a chain. And I remember asking her if she could bring home Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band for me. I had read, I knew that I liked the Beatles from the radio, and I had read something in a magazine that that was maybe their best record. So I asked <laughs> her to bring it home for me. And, uh, you know, that was really the start of my collection of music and my, uh, my own personal uh, love of music. Cool, cool. So let's fast forward a few years. You've, you've become sure. uh, a professional musician. You uh, are now playing bass with uh, They Might Be Giants. And I, I think you talked a, a little bit about this in the, uh, in the TMBW uh, interview, but how did um, the songs that you wrote that ended up being recorded on on the they might be giants kids album uh uh where do they make balloons uh i am a paleontologist uh, number two uh, how did those come about did did when when they might when john and john uh threw open the possibility of of uh maybe recording something that that you had written was that something that you had already written was that stuff or did you take that as an opportunity to say, hey, that sounds interesting. I'd like to try my hand at that. Uh, um, uh, it's, it's, it was co- it's a combination of both. When we were doing the first uh, They Might Be Giants children's record, which is called No, um, at that point I didn't have any – I don't know if I had ever written a children's song at that point. Um, but um, John Flansburg, who usually is more involved in the day-to-day business part of the band mm-hmm. – he sort of threw it out there like, you know, we, we were also working at the time on the Malcolm in the Middle show. Right. We were doing all the incidental music for that show. For the first couple of seasons, we did all the incidental music. So we were in the studio an awful lot 
for a couple of years there, around 2000, uh, we were doing, they might be Giants' adult rock records. We were doing the music for Malcolm in the Middle. We were doing some commercial work. And then the idea of making a children's record came along. And John Flansburg put out the... Uh, the idea that if you know if somebody had a song idea, they could bring it in and they'd consider putting it on the record, and uh, and that's how that that's when I wrote uh, "Where Do They Make Balloons?" and that song happened to be inspired by it started with a dream. <laughs> I was dreaming that there were my nieces and nephews and and a bunch of people were in somebody's backyard and there were balloons everywhere and all the kids were singing "Where Do They Make Balloons?" just the chorus. So you just, actually they, dreamed oh, the chorus. I actually dreamed the chorus. They were singing, where, where do they make balloons? Where, where do they make Over and over and over. And I woke up and I said, wow, that's, you know, that's kind of catchy, you know. And I, I sat down at the piano and, and then I thought, well, all right, let me see if I can turn this into a song. And I made that the chorus and then wrote the, wrote the, the verse and, um, and the song, you know, developed from there. But, but it was, uh, you know, definitely started with Flansy just saying, hey, do you guys want to write for this record? The, the the latter songs, the song um, I Am a Paleontologist, I wrote before, um, uh, well, I don't know, that's a good question. I, I think that I had it long before the science record was started, um, but the idea of making a science record was out there. We had, we had done um, Here Come the ABCs. And the next album was Here Come the One, Two, Threes. And I think that we had spoken about, you know, what other topics can we cover? Should we do history? Should we do science? And I thought, well, let me write a science song so that in the event that we do that kind of record, um, I'll have something ready. And that's, and I wrote, uh, I'm a paleontologist, um, started to write a song about electricity. And uh, as soon as I decided that I should write something about paleontology, it came to me very quickly because my son, Kai, who is uh, featured on the my on this record we're we're talking about uh, making with Kickstarter, the the uh, No School Today album. Kai sings four uh, sings sings lead on four of the songs. Anyway, Kai was very into dinosaurs as a child. So when I decided to write the paleontologist song, uh, I felt like I had a, a, a vast knowledge or enough of a knowledge of, of the subject <laughs> to uh, to really. Uh, you know, get right into it with the song, and and the lyrics came very quickly for that one. So it was really fun to write. Good. Um, so we'll we'll fast forward again, and we'll uh, getting to uh, the the new album or the soon yes. to be new album, uh, No School Today. Uh, you, uh, when were those songs written? Was was this had you continued to write songs for kids or? And you're sort of pulling together some old stuff and some new stuff, or was this really um, the decision you'd made at some point to say, "Hey, I'd like to try my hand at doing an entire album of music for families on my own"? Um, I, I guess I need some some songs for that. Right. Uh, again, the answer would be both, um, because uh, there are a couple of the songs on the record that I've had around for a couple of years. Um, uh, basically, you know, I write a lot. I, I, I also write music for television shows and for television commercials and, and movies and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm constantly writing some sort of music, um, composing something and, and recording and producing it myself. Um, and uh, whenever I had an idea for a children's song, I would, rather than just sort of shelve the idea and wait on it, I kind of like to just see it through and, and have a finished version of a song 
uh, in my library so that if I ever need it, it's there and it's done. Um, there were there were several tracks that I had recorded. Um, one of the tracks was a song called uh, Together We Can Fly, which my son Kai sings on. And he's now 14, but he sang it when he was 11. Um, so that one's been probably around the longest. Um, and there were a couple other, like, hoping that the giant, They Might Be Giants might do another children's record. Uh, I, I wrote a couple other songs. Uh, I believe Marsupial was one of them. Um, and uh, in hoping that if, if the Giants came up with another idea for a record, I'd have songs available. Anyway, some time went on, and uh, as my wife would like to let you know, uh, she suggested, you know, hey, Dan, you've got a bunch of, uh, <laughs> got a bunch of kids so a couple of kids songs around. Why don't you just put a little more effort in it and do your own record? You write great children's songs. You know, it could be a great thing. Does, does, that, and, mean, does that mean she gets a producer credit on the album? <laughs> um, she gets credit on everything in my life. As I always say to her, she says, hey, I want half of that. I said, you already have half. <laughs> um, she deserves all the credit there, you know, and she sings on the record, too. So she uh, she deserves plenty of credit. Um, but um, so so basically last summer is when I really decided, OK, I'm going to do this. And at that point, I did write um, uh, probably half the record very quickly and added some of the older songs, and, and I was able to come up with, a, you know, over 20 songs, and, and I narrowed it down to what I hope are the best 16. Um, uh, what, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, I, you know, I've, I, I, I've, there are obviously a lot of folks who are making music for families uh, who use their kids in some form on, uh, on the albums that they, they make. Um, right. But I've never asked the question... What's it like to have your kids make music with you? And uh, not from the perspective, you know, I I sing with my kids, um, but I'm also not trying to record an album that I'm trying to sell professionally. Um, And so, you know, sometimes there, you know, are there frustrations when you're like, you know, Kai, that was that was good, but it wasn't quite in tune. I mean, <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, it, that's another interesting question. Um, there are definitely frustrations, um, and it's it's probably not as people imagine. Um, I wish I could say that we sit around our. You know, my wife sings on the record, and my son Kai sings on the record, and my daughter Lena um, speaks and shouts at different. <laughs> It's on the record. She doesn't sing, and she she's adamant about that. Um, we sing occasionally, but rarely, um, and it's it's kind of tough to get my kids to to do any singing for just for fun in the house. They're they're really kind of shy and so much more interested in hanging out with their friends and playing video games or playing sports or whatever it is, rather than singing around with mom and dad, singing some song that mom and dad like, <laughs> um, or even songs that they like. I try to get them to sing stuff from the radio. They're, they're really sort of self-conscious when it comes to that. So unfortunately, we don't do that a lot around the house. Um, and the other aspect of it, getting to record them, actually, my wife and my son sing better than I do. <laughs> so I'm really fortunate uh, in that when I ask them to help me out to sing, um, like you were saying, to, you know, hey, Kai, you're a little bit out of tune or whatever. I, I try to limit the amount of direction I give him 
And, uh, you know, he's certainly limiting the amount of time that he wants to spend recording. So I try to get everything in one or two takes and really not badger him about it. And if it doesn't work in that amount of time, then maybe I'll sing the song or um, maybe return another day and try it again. But I, I, I don't I really don't want to push it on him. I want him to enjoy it as much as he can. And uh, I don't want to take advantage. I think it's fantastic. You know, Kai, Kai actually just happens to have a really nice voice. Um, and that's a great thing. And if he didn't, I, you know, I probably wouldn't ask him to do it. But, but he has, uh, he has no, it sounds like he has at this point, no aspirations of, uh, if you asked him if he wanted to grow up to be a singer, I don't think that he would say yes to that. No, I, he, uh, I think he enjoys singing. You know, he sings in the school chorus and he's, you know, uh, he's gotten some, uh, recognition for that you know all county honors and things like that and uh we're proud of him for that but it's not his passion it's you know music is my passion um he does it because he knows it makes his dad happy that's nice <laughs> uh, it's it's great he's a you know he's a wonderful son he re- he's a great kid so uh, i don't want to take advantage of it and i certainly don't want to do i don't want to like go out on tour and 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 push my family to the in, in the front of the, the uh, stage and, and try to do that sort of thing. I, this is a purely something that that's you've done in our house when it's convenient for them. And, uh, and I appreciate all their help, you know, and, uh, and I, I think it adds to the, to the, the quality of the record um, with 16 songs that, you know, he sings lead on four of the songs. Um, and uh, my wife sings on, on several of the songs. So there's a variety of voices, but um so, also, so it's almost like um, on this album, he's providing the vocal relief role that you provide <laughs> on the They Might Be Giants sure. albums. Oh, yeah, yes, and John and John both, you know, they both sing, so they have two lead voices. Like, the, you know, the Beatles had Lennon and McCartney, and then yeah. they had Harrison. I think it makes it interesting to have a variety of voices. And, you know, like on the TMBG records, sometimes Robin Goldwasser, Flansy's wife, she'll sing, um, and like on Bloodmobile or... Or, or songs like that, or the, um, In the Middle, In the Middle. Yeah, and she's got a fantastic voice, and it makes for a more interesting record, I think. And, um, you know, on that topic, uh, I was just going to announce it today on my Kickstarter as one of the updates, but uh, I've been very fortunate in that uh, Lori Berkner, the stu- superstar uh, kids music uh, singer and songwriter, um, Lori sings one of the songs with me on the record. I, we, I just recorded her this past week. Awesome. Uh, yeah, with um, uh, her engineer, a man named uh, what is his name? Dave. I'm, I'm forgetting his last name. Um, uh, Darlington. Dave Darlington, who's a Grammy-winning engineer. Um, I went into Dave's studio in the city, and uh, and Laurie sang on the song "Our Love Fits." Um, so we, uh, I, it, the song had originally been recorded with just my voice on it, but I made it a duet, and it sounds much better. And uh, and Lori was really fun to work with, and you know we we are we have mutual friends, and actually bumped into each other at a birthday party recently, and uh, it turned into uh, you know an opportunity to record together. So she'll be on the new record. Great. Well, yeah. um, looking a little bit more at the Kickstarter campaign and project itself, and I should note, uh, listeners, that. Um, I am uh, going to, of course, put the link to this project in the show notes for this episode. And uh, certainly if you just search on Kickstarter itself for Danny Weinkoff, 
probably if you search on TMBG, because that's in the title of the project, you'll be able to find it as well. But um, as I'm reading through the project list, I, I do note that uh, your uh, original pair of red pants uh, has already, that pledge level has already been claimed, as have a, a couple of the bases that uh, you are that you included as special rewards. Um, but are there any rewards in there that you have besides selling your uh, eccentric millionaire patrons of the arts uh, 2003 Toyota Corolla? Are there any <laughs> rewards that you're offering that uh, you really hope at least a couple people take advantage of because you're actually kind of looking forward to trying to provide that reward? Um, I, well, I, one of the rewards I was hoping to, that people would take advantage of was the, the opportunity to have their children's face in, in, uh, in the video. And that actually, I think, is, is just about finished. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think it's um, my, my, my kids, my, my son Kai and my daughter Lena were in the paleontologist video. Mm -hmm. And they were really, really happy about it. And I think that when they grow up, they may be able to show it to their own children. And, and I think it's a nice thing. So I, I, I'm happy that people uh, took that opportunity and will have their children in the video. And, and I hope that their kids are as excited as my kids were. I think that that would be great. Um, there's also um, one of the pledge levels is... Um, uh, I offered to sing happy birthday or record a personal message for the pledgers. And um, a couple of people have signed on for that. But I think that would be fun, too, because that's that can be very individualized. And, um, uh, you know, it's just different than, than what I normally do musically. So I think it'll be fun. Great. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> excuse me, I, I would note that uh, as we're recording this, you actually cleared your roughly $13,000 goal within... I think three or four days of, of the project going live. And so at this point you are in stretch goal mode. Um, I and, am. And, yes. And I, the first goal is to have, um, I, well, I think you're working on your first stretch goal right now, which is to have a production of, of one of the videos, but you're, you're trying to reach $20,000 and you're at about $17,000 and change now to have EG design design, uh, three videos, and I'm just curious because I've really liked the videos that they've done for the Bazillions, <coughs> and I'm, I'm just curious how you um, got hooked up with them in terms of uh, working on videos for the, your new album. Uh, to working with EG Design, you're, you're yes, asking? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, it, um, you know, it was, it was really um, uh, like a crowdsourcing kind of thing. I, I told a couple of people that, that I was going to be making a record and that I was looking to make videos. And actually one of the fans whose name is Kelly Potter, who is generally in the front row of our shows, she mentioned to me that somebody that I knew, and she knew I knew this person, uh, Bill Childs, who is a uh, DJ down in Austin, oh, Texas. Yeah. Much love for Bill. In, yeah, he used to be in Northampton. And he's actually executive produced... A couple of records. One of the records was uh, for funds for Haiti, that sort of thing. He, he's a terrific guy, and he's been a fan, and he's come to shows and, and uh, interviewed us. And actually, I recorded a, um, a radio broadcast with him recently that'll probably be broadcast when the record is out. Um, Bill knew of the Bazillions, and so he introduced me to Eric from the Bazillions, and I contacted him, and I saw their work. And I mean, Eric from EG Design, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. who had done the, the videos for the Bazillions. Um, and, 
we started working on a, a video for uh, Marsupial, and I loved what they did, and that turned into them doing the artwork for the cover. And I'm hoping that after the Marsupial video, we may be able to get them to do another video. Um, I'm not what, sure what song it will be yet. But, um, yeah, the, the stretch goals, though, for Kickstarter, uh, my initial goal was, uh, you know, $12.99 or, or what it, uh, you know, nearly $13,000. And uh, it did, uh, we surpassed it very, very quickly, which I was nearly overwhelmed by the response of the of the fans and the and the crowd funding um but that 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 money will almost pay for the things that i said it would pay for um <laughs> I, I you know I, I i feel like i i'm going to take personal responsibility financially for 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 a lot of this myself too because it, it is my project but um the the kickstarter money will certainly help and then the the first stretch goal will enable me to make two more videos in addition to the one that EG Design is making. And I'm not sure that EG will be making those two. I, I'm, I'm actually talking to David Coles, who did um, the video for the number two. Oh, yeah. and he did Seven Days of the Week, and he did uh, the Mesopotamians, and um, Icky, which is a recent They Might Be Giant song. Mm -hmm. he, he's fantastic. So, you know, he may do one or both, or EG may do one. But... Um, you know, it's terrific to have options, and I wouldn't have any of the options that I have without this Kickstarter campaign. So um, uh, to say that I'm grateful uh, is it would be an understatement. Great. Well, uh, Danny, I do appreciate you taking the time this morning to talk to me about this project. I am very much uh, looking forward to hearing the album when it is ready to go. I'm glad that it is sure. successful. And, uh, for anybody that is listening to this podcast, if they would like to hear some of the record, if they go to dannyweinkoff.com um, and click on songs, there are samples from every song on the record. So there's about a 30-second snippet of all 16 tracks. Um, and, and, you know, it gives you a good idea of the variety and the, and the type of music on the record. Yeah, and, and I've, I've done that myself, listeners, and I, I do encourage you to do that because... Um... Uh, I mean, it definitely, there are a lot of fun snippets there, and I think it will um, definitely whet your appetite for the <laughs> whole thing. So, uh, Danny, besides dannyweinkoff.com, is there any place else on these grand internets that uh, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing, they should go to? Well, I, I do have a business website, which is called, red, it's redpantsmusic.com. And that is really specifically uh, like a showcase of work that I have done, uh, commercial work. So it's television work and, and, and television commercials and films. There's videos there with, with music accompanying them. And, uh, you know, there's also a bio there and, and information there. If somebody's really curious, they can go there. Um, but um, the DannyWeinkoff.com pretty much has the information that people that are interested in, in the children's album would, would – uh, would be able to find what they need there, I would guess. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danny, I really do appreciate you taking the time uh, this morning. Thank you so much for chatting with yes, me. It's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm really appreciative of the Kickstarter funders and anybody that is, is, is able to help me get the word out there. Um, you know, much, much thanks, including you. You're very welcome. And, and listeners, thank you very much for tuning in and joining me today. Uh, as always, if you have questions, please feel free to send me an email, zooglobal at earthlink.net. 
you can, if you listen via iTunes, please rate and review this. You can find this and all the other great uh, interviews that I've done and other Kickstarter and other crowdfunding projects at zooglobal.com slash bake sale. So thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time. Bye.